Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Better than ever, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, October 4th, 2021. Happy to be with you. And thank you again, as always, for making the Believe in Sports Law podcast the number one sports law podcast in the world. So last week we had a special guest on and Peter Schoenthal talking about uh, um his program, which is a uh, NIL program that helps colleges sort of deal with uh, monitoring uh, when it comes to compliance and NIL deals and that sort of thing. Uh, this week, we are uh, changing gears and we're going to be looking at what I believe to be a very uh, interesting and important topic, uh, namely technology uh, and uh, in the wearable variety. So when you're talking about an Apple Watch, or anything to do with uh, something that you wear, something that um, would be a clothing, or even in many ways, your, your mobile phone. Although it's not a wearable technology in the traditional sense, it is something that you essentially never leave a home without it, right? Uh, like the old American Express commercial. But it's one of those things where cell phones, wearable technology, it, it has become a really big uh, industry. And I think that there is a lot of companies that are uh, utilizing this technology for data analytics or uh, finding data about consumers. And of course, this raises a host of issues when it comes to privacy laws and compliance, uh, whether, you know, state by state or country by country, that sort of thing. Uh, but so today's topic, today's podcast is all about technology and uh, courting new fans and data. And we're going to talk about how wearable technology is going to accomplish this. So as kind of a background, uh, I wanted to uh, point sort of everybody's attention uh, to an article that was on front office sports talking about Amazon unveiling a workout platform and wearable device uh, in many ways to compete with Apple 
and it's a part of its Halo wearable and subscription program. So uh, basically called Halo View. This wearable technology is going to be used to essentially uh, check for health, um, check for you know heart rate, this sort of thing. How many times, you know, how long you've been sitting down? Uh, it's going to check you know basically any data that it can it can you know conceivably collect. It's going to collect. And of course, you as the user have the ability to determine whether something is collected or not and to say, you know, yes, I agree to these terms of service or I don't. That being said, for the most part, if you want to use an Apple iPhone, if you want to use an Apple Watch, if you want to use an Amazon Halo View to um, have this sort of wearable device, you essentially have to agree to the terms and conditions. So if you want to use it, you have to, you have to agree to the terms. And in, in many ways, uh, you know, a lot of businesses work that way. If you want to enjoy the, the program, if you want to enjoy the entertainment, if you want to enjoy, uh, you know, driving a vehicle, you have to, in many ways, abide by the rules and uh, the laws and, you know, whatever it is, right? You know, you if you sort of purchase a car or you lease a car, you have to abide by uh, the in sort of insurance principles, right? And the things that the, the terms and conditions that come with that. Otherwise, don't use the service. So people do have a choice. It's just the choice is generally um, going to be limited to use it or don't. Now, I will say that a lot of websites have gotten, um, have had to change the way that they do things, and particularly when it comes to the California Consumer Privacy Act, the CCPA, which is one of the most uh, strictest privacy laws in terms of con protecting consumers in the country. Other states are starting to implement this. Um, but obviously, uh, Europe has already done this, I think, to the GDPR. And it's just one of those things where and GDPR is a privacy law that essentially has to do uh, with, um, with Europe, potentially, uh, essentially the European Union. So it's one of those things where, um, you know, in some ways, you maybe have a, a chance to determine what cookies you want. Uh, and that's not in the eating variety, that's in the variety of uh, cookies are essentially um, a bot or a technology sort of uh, use that allows the owner of the website or owner of a website that you are using uh, to follow you where you go. So if you you know go check out a certain website, let's say you go to Amazon.com, uh, they have cookies and little disclaimers at the bottom. And for the most part now, particularly in California, you'll have a situation where you can click the box to say, I agree to certain you know, cookies. I agree to you to follow me certain places. And you can limit that. You can say strictly necessary cookies. You can say um, you know, all cookies, performance cookies, whatever it is. So it's something to keep in mind because as Amazon builds out this wearable device and begins to release it and makes it available to people, you know, it just provides additional opportunities to collect data. And so that's something to keep in mind as we're sort of moving through today's show. Because uh, at the end of the day, you do have a choice, right? As a consumer, you have a choice in, in terms of uh, what wearable technology you want to use. But I, I think that what businesses are doing, which is important, is they're adapting. You know, they're saying that, you know, it, you know, any business has to adapt. Adaptability is maybe one of the most important business principles in any industry. Uh, and this is especially true in technology, where 
you could literally be the best thing since sliced bread on day one and then the next day be outdated. And maybe it's not that quick, uh, but this is you know very true. You look at uh, CDs, you look at DVDs. There was this great advertisement that uh, Netflix ran and it was essentially never give up. We started with DVDs. And so it's one of those things like being adaptable. You know, streaming didn't exist when Netflix first came out. It was just DVDs. And you would order the DVDs and they would arrive at your house and you'd send them back. And so I remember in the early days of that service, I remember using it. And then when it switched over to streaming, there was that period of time where you're like, oh, do I still order CDs? Do I not? And it's because you sort of will, number one, change is hard. And you're sort of like, okay, well, uh, let me get used to this. And of course, once you got used to the streaming, as everybody else did, uh, then of course, you never went back. You know, you were, you were not going to be using DVDs anymore. So I think that if we could look back on the 21st century, uh, the sort of the, this, these first sort of 21 years of it, soon to be 21 years as we get towards uh, 2022 and the end of 2021 here, I think that you could sort of say, I think arguably, I think most people would accept this, is that um, technology companies creating or adapting technology, um, their main purpose has been to sort of how to share content and collect data. That to me has been the biggest thing, even with going uh, back to the early 2000s, you're talking about Moneyball and you're talking about baseball and this idea of a um, great book called Baseball Between the Numbers, why everything you know about the, the game of baseball is wrong. Uh, Moneyball, obviously the movie in the book, uh, the movie with uh, Brad Pitt and obviously the uh, playing Billy Bean, the Oakland A's general manager at the time and now uh, president of, I think, baseball operations is his title. And obviously the book by Michael Lewis about that, uh, the sort of moved analytics. But my point is, is that even entertainment is doing this. You know, everything is all about how do you share content? How do you collect data? Uh, social media is nothing but sharing content and collecting data. Uh, arguably, Facebook is an advertising company. It's a place where you can share ideas, share business. Instagram is no different. Other platforms, uh, for the most part, work the same. The difference is, is that it used to be that the personal or that the broadcast channel was not personal. So you would essentially use, a, you know, um, you'd have to go through a broadcaster or network to sort of get information out there, get advertising. Now it's individualized. And of course, last week's topic was all about that, is this sort of name, image, and likeness and the personalization of advertising. Now, again, of course, what we mentioned, there's limitations to this through cookie policy and through the CCPA, California Consumer Privacy Act, through GDPR over in Europe. But wearable technology is all in, is, is in this same space. And it's this idea of you know, companies keeping up with the other. Apple has the Apple Watch. Amazon now is going to have this halo view. And what it all comes down to is collecting data, improving sales and distribution, and providing additional ways that companies, specifically in this case, Amazon, can service its subscribers. I think that uh, Amazon's move into wearable technology, again, is about competing with Apple. Uh, similarly to how Netflix has talked about, uh, which was a column I wrote uh, last week about Netflix getting into a live sports potentially with F1, the Formula One racing circuit. I think the pandemic, if it showed us one thing, is that uh, the move to digital 
digital was um, was expedited. A lot of people got into sort of this idea of um, Peloton and sort of working out and finding ways to do that either indoors or what have you. And, and I think Peloton's growth during the pandemic uh, also led Amazon and other companies to look at ways to how to compete. Because at the end of the day, you want more people on your platform and you want them there consistently. And now you see Apple's release of Arcade. Uh, and if you buy a new Apple device, you get, uh, I think, three months of Arcade for free. And it's sort of their service and product platform all in one. I think Amazon's strategy goes beyond just wearable technology to collect data on gamers because ultimately it's going to follow uh, as to what content are you watching on Prime? What are you ordering? All these things, you know, you get these sort of suggestive ads where it's like, if you search something and next thing you know, that uh, an advertisement for the thing that you search popped up. So if you're searching for shoes, you know, next thing you know, it's like buy shoes at, you know, whatever store, whatever the advertisement is, and, you know, companies are paying for that. They're paying for that placement. They're, they're playing, paying for that uh, advertisement, right? So, but again, I think the point is, is that, and we can't lose sight of this as consumers and as businesses, this idea of uh, the data collected is used to grow business because that data, uh, if you analyze it right and you actually use the data, you can begin to understand consumer habits. You'll begin to understand your customer, you know, and, uh, and everybody should do this. And we're talking about data collection, even from the simplest, you know, where things come from, you know, often when, you know, I get a call for a prospective client, in my practice, um, California sports lawyer, I'll sit there and go, okay, well, where did this come from? Who sent this to me? How did it get here? That's number one, important to understand where your clients are coming from, just from a very basic standpoint, you know, where your customers are at, uh, just in terms of understanding the, the, lay, the lay of the land. I, I mean, it's also good to, to sort of note it and to say, okay, well, how can we reach more or how can we sort of better understand that? So again, bringing in this sort of new technology, I think that sort of collects and shares and monetizes data. Um, again, it raises new concerns with privacy laws. Uh, I've written about this topic a few different times. Uh, privacy law here in California is a very big deal. Um, and it is in other parts of the country and obviously other, uh, other parts of the world. But I think California and Europe, for at least this initial stage of uh, the sort of recognition of uh, privacy and its importance in terms of um, collecting and sharing data, uh, California and Europe have really sort of, I think, led initially. I think uh, they were the first states to really adopt these sort of stricter privacy law policies or to have privacy sort of policies in play at all. Uh, they were sort of the first, uh, first movers in that sense. Now, again, I think from wearable technology standpoint, for the most part, what it's been used for uh, to date is you have, let's say, NBA players or whatever, professional athletes that are, um, leagues are using it, teams are using it to sort of, okay, what's, what's peak performance? I don't think we've really gotten to uh, perfection in that space yet. I think we're still learning. Uh, but again, this is another space where wearable technology is going to be a big deal. Uh, they're going to be using it for gamers. They're going to be using it. Um, you know, obviously people are using it for working out. You know, how many times are you around your friends and, you know, they're like, oh, I had so many steps today. You know, that's all wearable technology. So again, but these things are being used um, 
you know, sort of to grow business, to understand the consumer, understand the customer. Now, I think what's interesting is with EA Sports, um, they recently invested um, and are looking to invest uh, millions of dollars into um, mobile gaming. And this makes sense because most people are using their cell phones to, um, you know, to access content. And obviously TVs are, are, are a piece of this, but, you know, again, you can control your TV from your phone in many instances. If you have an Apple TV, uh, you can control it from your phone. Uh, you can, you know, mirror uh, what's on your phone to what's on your TV, this sort of thing. So this idea of sort of staying on one platform, and I think arguably that the cell phone is the most used technology in the world uh, by far. And I might be wrong about that, but it seems to be up there. But what's interesting is that when you look at EA sports, this idea of getting back into college sports, I think that that's where you present an opportunity for, again, increasing gaming, increasing, you know, um, data, uh, whether it be these um, college athletes themselves and whether they're wearable data there, whether you're talking about wearable data for college students. But I think, again, looking towards the future. And of course, what's interesting about this is there was the old uh, Ed O'Bannon versus NCAA case, which really called into question this idea of accessing, um, you know, player name, image, and likeness uh, sort of rights and licensing. And now that NIL is allowed because of all of this, uh, the changes to NCAA rules, which were really prompted by state law, which we've talked about, particularly the um, California Fair Pay to Play Act. Uh, EA sports is getting back into college sports. So think about that as you're looking towards okay, EA sports. Why are they investing in mobile gaming? Well, they're investing in mobile gaming because this is where most college students can be spending their time is on their phones. So as with all of us, not just college students. So it's about moving into mobile technology to reach more consumers, to collect more data. And I would make the argument that cell phones are indeed uh, in one way uh, wearable technology. You're not wearing it on you, it's usually in your coat or it's in your pocket or you're carrying it, but in the sense that um, it's going to follow what you're doing and that sort of thing, collect data. And anytime you sign up for an application, this is what you're doing. You're collecting, you're, you're looking at and accepting the uh, terms and conditions. And so uh, take a look at that as uh, the next time you're going through these things, even just to, for your own knowledge. Again, I, I would make the argument that I think mobile phones are wearable technology, and I think it's important to kind of think about that. I mean, we're talking about billions of cell phones, and it goes with you everywhere you're going. Um, and the mobile phone sort of collects this data as a wearable technology, if you will, through applications, advertising, and sales, uh, all sort of tracked and collected uh, to essentially sell more stuff or to understand the consumer more, to sell more stuff or to, to deliver uh, through a distribution model, uh, more things in a better sort of more efficient way. So again, it makes sense that a company like EA Sports would invest in sort of NCAA um, sports because those things are becoming back online. Most college students will be using a mobile device. And uh, again, this sort of idea of uh, wearable technology and sort of what that means. I think it's also interesting that there is a Chinese company called um, Genshin Impact, uh, G-E-N-S-H-I-N Impact, 
just from September 2020 to September 2021, they generated $2 billion in player spending through mobile gaming. So there is a huge market here. And uh, this is, again, where I think Apple can potentially lead. They already have the mobile device. That's maybe the one part that Amazon doesn't. That being said, it with you know sort of one uh, one sort of thing in a business another business doesn't have. So where Apple has the the phone, uh, it, it does not have uh, the distribution model that uh, that Amazon has. So you know where Apple's selling cell phones, Amazon is selling everything else. So you know think about that as you're sort of looking at mobile devices, wearable technology, and and that sort of thing. But again, this is growing. Uh, mobile gaming is growing. And again, I'd make the argument that a mobile phone is essentially a wearable technology. I think it's clear that um, content consumption habits have changed. Uh, we talked about this earlier in the show. I think the pandemic expedited this in 2020, this sort of move to digital consumption, to streaming, mobile, wearable technologies. And they're all now a part, uh, a major part of of our businesses and, and a major part of our lives and a major part of, um, of major companies. You know, when you're talking about uh, Apple, Amazon, you know, these, these companies are really investing in this heavily. So it's something to think about and uh, something to watch. I think um, there was a great article I read in uh, um, Bloomberg this morning, and it was talking about, it was an interview with Patrick Whitesell, who is a, uh, the chairman of um, WME. And he was saying sort of how now this issue of we have all this data, we have all this, and maybe that data is not shared most of the time, uh, but we have this data as to streaming habits, as to um, collecting wearable technology. What are people doing? Now it's a matter of how do you measure that data and how do you compensate talent and businesses and people who are involved in the process for that? Of course, this is the whole issue that we dealt with uh, with Disney and uh, Scarlett Johansson suing Disney and then eventually settling. This is really an unsettled area in terms of how do you monetize the data? First of all, collecting is one thing, you have privacy laws, everything else. Then how do you monetize it? And then where do you keep it? Where do you store it? Do you sell it to others, other businesses? And these are all huge privacy issues. Um, and huge sort of consumer issues that folks should be spending uh, time thinking about, whether you're in the industry or sort of just learning that sort of thing. But I think in closing, you know, looking at sort of mobile sports betting, again, this is another aspect of data collection and consumer habits. Why not invest in mobile uh, sort of devices when you're, people are going to be using their phones to do all the sports betting now? So once that was opened up, by the uh, overturning of the PASFA Act uh, by the U.S. Supreme Court, you know, again, now all these companies, sports teams are getting into mobile sports betting if it's allowed sort of in the state uh, or territory where you're at. And the whole point is to increase engagement and collect data. And uh, it's been shown that when you bet on a game, bet on a match, you're more likely to be involved, more likely to moderate it, more likely to have a stake in the outcome. And that increases viewership. Viewership increases advertising. Uh, that increases the money that a company can make because it can sell more advertising, knowing that there's so many viewers that are listening in, watching this sort of thing. And it's sort of interesting because you can kind of look at this in the in the macro sense and sort of 
you know, 30,000 foot view and say, you know, a consumer can essentially um, work out, share their health stats with themselves or with another company, uh, bet on a match, utilize a digital ticket to attend a game, purchase food and drink from the same mobile device or wearable technology while giving direct access to companies for information about you. Now, of course, um, the dichotomy with all of this is that for years, look, companies have been using advertising to attract customers. It's a given, everybody understands it. You know, even if you look at the Super Bowl, the biggest advertising opportunity that there is, we've accepted it. Um, we sort of look at it and we go, okay, uh, this is so advertisements are funny at the Super Bowl, or advertisements are powerful or emotional or moving, this sort of thing. It becomes like a big event for us. We often remember commercials as much as we do television shows. And so I think having those companies with direct access to consumer habits uh, in many ways is to better understand us, the consumers. Uh, and that is, you know, essentially in turn to sell and deliver more services. Uh, and they usually do this through wearable technology. It used to be through advertising and used to be through sort of surveys or what they thought people liked. Uh, now it's direct. Now it's now, now they have the data and the information to sort of understand that. Again, California and other places around the world have implemented privacy laws. Uh, it's an ongoing battle. It's an ongoing sort of uh, understanding of what's what. But again, it's this dichotomy of giving up information um, in the interest of, you know, let's say efficiency. But you have to balance that with sort of this idea of liberty and freedom and uh, what you're giving away. But uh, this is, it's just a very interesting time that we live in, uh, this idea of sort of technology and technology being used in a wearable sense, whether it be through like an Apple Watch or the Halo View thing that Amazon is getting into, or whether it even be your mobile device, which again, I would argue is essentially a wearable technology. You're not physically wearing it, it's usually in your coat or your pocket, uh, but it's with you and it's following sort of what you're doing. So again, I think it's it's an interesting time that we live in. I think it's sort of uh, great for business. And in many ways, it's probably great for the consumer too because you uh, get access to more things quickly. And uh, the businesses who are servicing you or providing a product, I think, um, can do that in a better way. But again, it's it's an ongoing uh, target. It's an ongoing understanding of, of how this is all going to play out. But um, again, folks, I really do appreciate you uh, listening in. This has been episode 40 of season three of the Believe in Sports Law podcast. Uh, I am your host, Jeremy Evans. This is a Via the Believe podcast network. Show has been brought to you today by Bet Online. Thank you so much for listening in and making us the number one sports law podcast in the world. Have a great week. Thank you so much. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v 
on YouTube.